Want to wish everyone a warm and enjoyable holiday season. They are among us, but I want to remind you to take a deep breath when things get overwhelming. You will make it through. Today is a very special episode to deliver because we learn why purpose becomes passion when it gets personal. On October 4th, 2016, and again on June 29th, 2021, this became very personal for him. In a span of five years, he went from standing on top of the mountain to lying on his back at the bottom of an abyss. His oldest son, Seth, died from fentanyl poisoning at the age of 23 and soon followed by Prudence succumbing to alcoholism at the age of 46, two deaths so preventable yet predictable at the same time. He has the courage to share his story today and battling his own alcoholism excuse me, and compulsive gambling, he decided to take a stand. He dove headfirst into mental health advocacy and has found ways to be at the best place emotionally, physically, and spiritually that he ever has in his life. He's going to share exactly how he did just that to help you all and so much more in today's show. But he really does do it all. I'm honored to have him here. He's got the Undeterred podcast. That link will be in the show description, so be sure to check out an episode there. He founded the nonprofit Living Undeterred Project, formerly the Choices Network, to promote and encourage healthy lifestyle choices for teens and young adults. And he also wrote a book. This one's for you, an inspirational journey through addiction, death, and meeting. And you can find that on livingundeterred.com. Of course, we'll have to get him on writing with authors to talk about that. But Jeffrey, thank you for taking the time to join the show and happy holidays to you. Back at you, Vincent. Uh, what an honor to be here and, and actually have a chance to share these stories. And um, hopefully as we head into arguably the toughest time of the year for a lot of people, you know, the holidays are are difficult, uh, especially if you've lost somebody that that you love. And um, uh, it's a tough time. And so hopefully shows like this can get people to re- maybe reframe the, the their situation in their life and look at things a little bit differently and Go to the holidays with a little bit better attitude. At Tampa Counseling and Wellness, we want to remind you that it's okay to not be okay. Reaching out for support and asking for a little extra help can be overwhelming, but everyone deserves a safe space to heal. We're so honored to be that space for Florida residents. If you want to learn more about our services or you'd like to set up a free consultation with one of our clinicians, you can call or text us at 813-520-2807. We're looking forward to growing with you. It could either be the most enjoyable time or the most challenging time for individuals. And that's why I try to start the episode with that warm message. Jeffrey, you're going to deliver such value, help everybody walk out this episode feeling a lot more positive and ready to tackle their dreams. I've been following him on LinkedIn, always putting out motivational content. He's always posting his own content on his podcast, the whole nine. We're going to dive right into his journey here, though, everyone. Jeffrey, start us off. I gave a little intro to your story but I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I just like to say I'm a dad from Iowa. I don't have any clinical background in any of this. Um, I, I've got some things that helped me get to where I'm at and other things I've learned. Uh, but at age 50, looking back in hindsight, um, I was sitting at the, you know, kind of, I like to say the peak, you know, I'd 23 started my investment company, uh, built that up to, you know, at one point we had nine, uh, advisors in my firm and seven full-time staff. And we were managing wow. close to $700 million under management, which is bigger than a lot of banks here in Iowa. And so I was kind of patting myself on the back at age 50, happily married, you know, beautiful wife, three kids, traveled the world, you know, kind of like 
what you do when you're 23 and you look out the window and you think, man, I want to build something, you know, I kind of, I kind of actually did it. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And, um, you know, in the middle of pat myself on the back and feeling important, um, I get that call that, you know, you dread and, um, became a member of a club. I didn't ask to join and certainly one I can't leave. And that's, um, uh, the father of a deceased child. And, um, you know, our son Seth had battled, uh, addiction and substance use distress for quite a while at 16. He was given Adderall for attention deficit, which I talk frequently about because I am full blown attention deficit. And, uh, you know, I've, I don't allow people to use the word disorder around me. So it it is what it is. It is what you're going to make of it. And for me, it's been a superpower. And so unfortunately for Seth, he didn't feel that way. So his Adderall kind of led down the road to normal exploration with alcohol and marijuana and then, um, you know, cocaine by 19 or 20. And then he had couple stays in jail. In the meantime, my wife and I are, you know, it's causing a lot of stress on our marriage. And um, my drinking got worse. I'd been drinking since about ninth grade. So, you know, it was a full-blown alcoholic and um, as was my wife. And, um, you know, that that time when Seth passed, you know, that was the end of a journey for him. And, and he had been battling things for a long time and unfortunately lost his fight. Uh, heroin, he just got introduced to, we think maybe a week before he died but it was a batch that had fentanyl in it. And um, unfortunately, fentanyl <laughs> doesn't give you a second chance uh, unless you have Narcan, which that wasn't around in 2016, at least not as available as today. Well, so Vincent, what happened was, you know, that just really humbled me. As I like to say, it put me on the on my back at the bottom of the abyss, looking upwards out of the abyss. Couldn't have went any further other than ending my life, which at that point, that never really crossed my mind. I, I didn't want to live, but I didn't want to die. Right. It's an interesting dynamic. Um, and maybe in your journey, you've ran into that as well. Well, I want to just commend you for how far you've come and pushed through, through the most challenging of times. And I use my motivating tool and not similar situations, but where my parents got that call, my mom got a call late at night. Hi, if your son is Vincent Lancy, we can't say anything on the phone, but you need to get down to Tampa mm-hmm. immediately. He may not make it through the night. Then, you know, if you're a listener to this show, you've heard me share this story. Right. Um, when it was, they had a piece together. This was 2013 times were different. There wasn't Zell and all these things real quick to get money. Uh, they had a only flight they can get was to Fort Lauderdale. Tampa wasn't direct right away. They get to Lauderdale and they have to actually call the hospital to make sure that I'm still alive before boarding that transfer flight to Tampa. Mm. So I, I just, I know how hard it was and draining it is on a family. So all the work you're doing to give back, create a legacy for him, create awareness. You're doing such great work. Everyone out there, you are not alone. Be sure to just remember that you have a purpose out here. Jeffrey has now had this undeterred movement. Again, be sure to head to the link in bio for that website. He has a lot going on there. I'd now like to shift it over a bit, Jeffrey. What are some of your favorite things to do to improve your mental health? What works for some doesn't work for everyone, as you know. So I love to bring my guests on here and share some tactics. Yeah, I've always been really interested in stoicism all the way back to my college days. Uh, that, that that movement back, you know, thousands of years ago by the, by the Greek philosophers uh, about reframing and, and looking at, you know, do things happen to you or do things happen for you? And that, that mindset. And so having that 
pre pre you know before all this happened um preceding all this you know i i had the ability to reframe fairly well um and so this tested me you know death entered my life as an opportunity not as a punishment or a curse it gave me an opportunity to test some of these things that i thought i was good at so i never meditated before and after seth died uh, my wife and i our alcoholism got really really bad i was drinking seven days a week i wasn't working right. um and uh you know unfortunately watched her alcoholism get to the point where we buried her last june on the 29th at the age of 46 uh she lost her fight with alcohol we were married 21 years and um again death entered my life as an opportunity again you know to test these things that i i thought were were coping mechanisms for me i'd say meditation vincent has been probably probably the single thing that has allowed me not to identify with with my thoughts um literally to observe them um and if it's a negative thought or a, a traumatic thought or a sad or depressing thought to almost not claim it, you know, you're not obligated to claim your thoughts. Right. Um, your thoughts come from somewhere um, and they, they go somewhere. But in the meantime, when they're in your head, you're not obligated to identify with them. And meditations really taught me that. And um, I'd have to say that's the number one thing. And then quit drinking. Uh, matter of fact, in four days will be five years that I congratulations. Yeah, it was, easy, man. I mean, as an alcoholic for 30 something years, you think I'd be struggling with sobriety, but I don't even call myself sober. Cause that implies I'm in a fight. Um, I just don't drink. I I'm pragmatic. It's like, I don't go to meetings. I don't walk by a bar and feel like I can't go in. I go in, I buy my friends drinks. I, I have a dog named Camus, which was my favorite, favorite, favorite red wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have non-alcoholic beers and wines in my house. So it's like, I don't fight against the current you know, um, and that is with my drinking. And if I decided to drink today, I wouldn't punish myself. I wouldn't say I fell off the wagon. I let people down. I would just say, Hey, you know what? I drank today. <laughs> um, and so I, I think meditation, stoicism and being fairly pragmatic have, have really helped me, uh, and attention deficit too. I don't have time to sit around and be depressed. I, for me personally, I tried depression a couple of times and it sucked. I hated it. So I just don't do it anymore. Um, right. I have depressive moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a time last Christmas where I'll share with you if, if it's okay. Um, I had my first brush with suicide. So a year ago, I almost ended my life. This is after my book. This is after my, my, my projects, after my podcast. And, uh, it, it was terrifying and that I let my guard down and, um, I learned from it. I know exactly why I went there. And um, for those curious of the reason, I took shortcuts. I skipped my meditation. I skipped my workouts. I was eating unhealthy. And I got overconfident, man. I got fat and happy that I had conquered this demon. The reality was you never conquer it. Right. You never conquer it. And um, I don't want to conquer it because I think if I have that attitude, I allow myself to be susceptible again. And you're saying you you walked away with learning lessons from this experience. You say you yeah. let your guard down, and now you're aware of how to not let that guard fall down again. Everyone out there, we have our ups, we have our downs in life. It's impossible for everything to be good all the time, but knowing mm -hmm. how to cope when it does get down. Uh, he just offered a few techniques. Now, if someone is new to meditating here, Jeffrey, how can they get started? What, where do you go for meditating? <laughs> Great question, man. Cause I have friends say, Hey, Jeff, you have attention deficit, dude. How the heck can you meditate? You know, how do you sit still and not think? And I'm like, that's not what meditation is. Um, I don't know if you meditate Vincent. Um, but 
I would suggest anyone that wants to go into meditation, uh, I do what's called a guided meditation. So I have an app I subscribe to. The guy's a very influential philosopher in, in my mind. He's one of the biggest uh, thought thinkers, uh, thought leaders on the planet. And he has a guided meditation. I do between 10, 20 minutes a day. Depends what mood I'm in. And um, I, the number one thing I would suggest for anybody thinking of meditation, have zero expectations, have zero goals. Literally try it without any judgment. And if you do it and nothing happens, that's okay. Uh, 75% of times I meditate, nothing really happens. Mm -hmm. I just actively can't shut my mind off and I'm okay with that. I don't judge it. I think people try it and they go, oh, nothing happened, Jeff. I didn't, right. I didn't transcend into the planets and, and talk to my cat I put down last week. You know, it's like, that's unrealistic and it sets you up for failure. So I would go into meditation with absolutely zero judgment. I'd give it, I do it daily for two weeks nonstop do to do 10 minutes. And again, there's different ways. There's music, there's incense, there's uh guided, like I, and there's also silent retreats, which in February I'm going on a four day meditation retreat that involves other uh, areas of mental health uh, research that I, I can't really be overly specific on, but it's going to be a really amazing experience for me that I've been really anticipate going on. Well, I look forward to hearing all about it, seeing it online. And I love how you said there with the the potion, I didn't, you know, warp to somewhere else. I had such unrealistic expectations for meditation when I started. It is something I do occasionally. I use other tools that would work best for me, but I thought it was going to be this magic potion. Whew. Well, right. I feel great. And that's, I think, a common misconception. But again, Jeffrey is here to show you it does work well for him. So if you have not tried, be sure to give it a try. If you need some assistance, be sure to reach out to Jeffrey. He is a great resource to have. And I think it now is a great time to get into the spotlight story. We have some great insight coming our way. As I mentioned, we're very fortunate to have Jeffrey here today to share his story, to help anyone who's struggling. And I will introduce an article for Mental Health America discussing bereavement and grief and then we'll bring on jeffrey to discuss it of course the link is in the episode description please follow along we're talking here about knowing what to expect i think this is an important area when a death takes place you may experience a wide range of emotions even when the death is expected many people report feeling an initial stage of numbness after first learning of a death but there is re no real order to the grieving process some emotions you may experience include denial, disbelief, confusion, shock, sadness, anger, humiliation, guilt, despair. Remember, it takes time to fully absorb the impact of a major loss. You never stopped missing your loved one, but the pain eases after time and allows you to go on with your life. The feelings are normal and common reactions to loss. Now I want to talk a little more on dealing with a major loss. The death of a loved one is always difficult. The article puts your reactions are influenced by the circumstances of death, particularly when it is a sudden or accidental death. Your reactions are also influenced by the relationship with the person who died. Here the article talks about a child's death arouses an overwhelming sense of injustice for lost potential, unfulfilled dreams, and senseless suffering. Parents may feel responsible for the child's death, no matter how irrational that may seem. 
Parents may also feel that they had lost a vital part of their own identity. Now, and I'm sharing these. We're going to get Jeffrey's take on it again. He's so courageous sharing his story because he realizes that he's not alone and you're not alone out there. If you had someone who just passed, we're going to help you get through it. Now, living with the grief. Coping with death is vital to your mental health. It is only natural to experience grief when a loved one dies. The best thing you can do is allow yourself to grieve. There are many ways to cope effectively with your pain. Here are some the article puts, and then I'm going to bring Jeffrey right mm -hmm. back on. Seek out caring people. Express your feelings. Take care of your health. Accept that life is for the living. Postpone major life changes. Be patient and seek out help when necessary. Jeffrey, what do you take away from this article? Yeah, it's good stuff. It bring, takes me back to my days in college when we studied uh, Kubler Ross's uh, stages of grief, stages of death. Um, I have found that uh, those stages are correct, but they're not always in the order that is presented. Yeah. Um, sometimes you you do the the guilt early, the acceptance early. It just depends. I I tell you right now, anybody who's going through anything, whether it's a, you know death from fentanyl, alcohol, cancer, car accident, whatever. Um, there is no template. There is no right way. There's only your way. Um, I can tell people, I can't tell you how to grieve. I can tell you how not to grieve. So how to grieve is up to you. How not to grieve alcohol, you know, the destructive things that you can do with your diet, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, drugs, lying, cheating, all those things that are very destructive. I can tell you right now, that's not going to help you get through anything you're trying to get through. But how you end up actually doing things, that's up to you. But at Living Undeterred, I came up with, Vincent, what I call the Living Undeterred Mindset, the LUM. And I'll go through this really quick. Uh, this really encompasses everything that you've talked about. And the first pillar of the Living Undeterred Mindset is expectations. And you're right. It's a set of expectations. I mean, we know we're all going to die. If there's anything certain in life, it's death. I mean, that's that's a hundred percent certain. They used to say taxes, but you know, you could eventually get your position correct where you right. don't have any taxes. So mm -hmm. death's a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yet knowing this knowledge and this with this wisdom, when it happens to us, we just act like we're shocked. We act like it shouldn't have happened. Death is never convenient, and it's sometimes not in the right order. I want son, wife, mom, and my ninety-year-old dad is still alive. So you would think it would be dad, mom, wife, never a child. Well, I went backwards and I'm only 56. So I've experienced all this in a five-year window. And yet um, I expect uh, death is still going to come. The older you get, the, the more you go to funerals and less weddings. So it's just yeah. mathematically. So I don't I don't act shocked when it happens. Um, so the second one is um, preparation. You know, what are you doing each day to prepare for the marathon of life? You know, what are you doing to exercise? What are you doing to uh, relax your mind. What are you doing to sleep better? You know, what are you doing to build relationships that are less toxic? Mm -hmm. You know, you're preparing for a battle, you know, life is a battle. Um, and if you're not doing anything, then why do you expect different results? Exactly. You know, why do you think you're going to be able to cope with things if you're not doing anything to prepare for life? And then the third one is evolution. And I don't mean evolution in the context that a lot of people think I'm talking about evolution of self, which is a chapter in my book. And, the getting over it mindset has to get, we have to get over the getting over mindset. We have to move on because I don't want to get over Seth's death. I don't want to get over Prudence's death. I want to absorb 
their story into my story. So now when people talk about my legacy, they're included in it. And if we get over things, then they actually truly die. So I tell people that are grieving, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, maybe don't try to get over it. You know, learn to absorb it into your story. And so I carry Seth and Prudence with me all day long. And um, I cry all day. Um, not all day, but I, I cry many times during the day. But to me, it's like going to the gym. And I say this to Vincent when I talk to people about grief. When's the last time you ever went to the gym and felt worse when you were done? When's the last time you ever cried? The worst cry, the hardest cry you've ever had and didn't feel better. When's the last time? Every time I cry, I feel better when I'm done. Every time I work out, I feel better when I started. And so why not look at all this as mental health workouts? Why not look at grief and trauma and sadness and all this is just part of your workout routine. So now when I feel like I'm going to cry with Vincent, it's, it's me saying to my brain, okay, there's my mental health workout. Bring it on. Let me cry. I'm going to feel like crap. I'm going to cry. It's going to suck. But you know what? When I'm done, I'm going to feel so much better. And you know what? Anyone listening to this show and it follows your story, you've survived 100% of every worst thing that's ever happened to you up until today. What makes you think you can't survive the next, right? I love it. I love the positivity. And like you said before, you touched on like a lot of great things where if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You have to make that change, and you're such proof of that. You're you're just thriving in every area. It's so great to see, Jeffrey. Honored to have you on this show. But I'd now I'd like to ask you for just one piece of advice to anyone out there who's tuning in and struggling today. You know, I would say to learn to have permission to go to wherever you need to go in your mind or during your day. You never feel guilty that you need to just shut things down. Um, you know, if you're on social media all the time and you're feeling like, you know, why is Vincent always traveling? Why is Vincent always doing things? And and I, I should be doing better. And all of a sudden now I feel like I'm not, I'm not as worthy. It's like, shut that computer off, turn off your phone, you know, go, go for a walk, give yourself permission to do whatever you have to do to get yourself back in a good place because you're, you're of no good to anyone else. If you're not good to yourself first. Mm-hmm. So self-care is just everything. It's everything. And I I have times in my day, like you do as well, where I just don't feel like I want to do it today. You know what? Don't. Just shut it all off. Fair Sit on well. the couch, get a thing of ice cream. You know, you don't have you don't always have to be working a hundred miles an hour getting better. Um, sometimes just to disconnect, especially over the holidays, where it's so tempting for me to try to be so focused. So I don't have a lot of time to sit around, but then again, I need it. You got to recharge your batteries. So I would say the one thing I have for everybody at all times of the year is make sure you prioritize your self-care, you know, over everything. I love that. And I talked about this recently, how it's kind of evolved from the hustle culture to self-care and getting your self-care. I'm big on mental health breaks and taking a mental health day. Now it's really just at least a half day, but it's something I'm doing I truly want to do. It's usually for the Jets on Sundays. That's my time. (laughs) But this year I actually uh, was always working on Sundays because there's no distractions on the weekends. You're working, you get things done. Yeah. But before I let the man Jeffrey Johnson go, where can everybody find everything you do? I'm talking the book, the website, you do 
financial planning, you said, coaching. No, I walked away from that. You walked um, away from that? So how can we find Seth you? Uh, you know, LinkedIn's probably the best. Uh, livingundeterred.com and then livingundeterred.org are my two websites. One's for the nonprofit and one's for my for-profit. Um, I do uh, I do a radio show here in town called the Living Undeterred Mental Health Hour. That's a live call-in awesome. mental health show uh, once a week. Uh, this week, we're doing mental health in the holidays. Um, you know, we're doing an expo in May. I want to have Iowa. I want Cedar Rapids to be the mecca of mental health in Iowa first and then ultimately the country. So we're bringing in some top-notch mental health experts that I met on the tour this Amazing. last summer to basically have one day where we can bring together local and national advocates on mental health and really move the needle. Right. And then um, my biggest project I haven't announced yet, which I'd be happy to talk to you sometime privately, is uh, our online uh, mental health planning app for primarily aimed at Gen Z um, that we want to really show Generation Z how to organize their mental health planning, okay. similar to a financial plan where we want to take, uh, you know, the complexities with mental health and simplify it and, and make sure Gen Z can have it uh, autonomous. So they're making their own decisions and building their own mental health plan and less clinical and less coming from parents and teachers and, and doctors and things like that. So that's going to launch here probably this summer mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be free. So, you know, we're in the prototype stage right now, building it out. And then um, I'll be certainly looking for all the contacts that I have that would want to add content to it as well. So, you're on that list as a mental health advocate to circle back and talk to at some point, Vincent. Absolutely. I'd be honored to talk more about it. We're actually getting together. Everyone listening on right after the holidays, we're recording something for his show. So stay on the lookout there. And I am at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media and be sure to head to YouTube for a video preview of this episode. And the show is at a mental health break, hashtag a mental health break. Wishing everyone a safe and happy holiday. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining our community. Thanks, Vincent. My pleasure and happy holidays to you, to you as well. <laughs>